all agree tonight, all of the speakers have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Not only does America have a very serious problem, but our people have a very serious problem. America's problem is... Word up. It doesn't make you a big man. And to 
one ain't going, this your brother man And you don't know, that's part of the plan Why? Cause rap music is in full demand, understand? Um, and what I'm going to talk about tonight. 
So um, <clears throat> nothing has been deterred. Nothing has been changed. Nothing has been um, put off to the side. Um, my determination to do what needs to be done in order for me to heal as a person, um, even though I use this do so and I get my therapy free from those who call in and listen, um, it will be done. Um, and so let's um, let's try to stay on task. Um, I'm talking to me. And let's not our, let our minds wander because we're going to do this because this is what what is meant to be done. And someone must be um, in need of this particular um, lesson. And so let's give the people what they want. All right. So um, I was talking to a friend of mine who told me not to mention him, but I probably will later on anyway. Um, and we were talking about um, I had called this particular friend because when I do call, I don't call this friend often. I do not call this friend often. There are people in our lives that we don't deal with until we need the unmitigated truth, until we need to be stood up flat-footed and told the absolute truth. And this is what I save the phone calls for this for and for. Um, and we were just talking, and I was having a bad um, morning of not being able to understand why my mom wasn't here anymore, and we were just talking. And as while we were talking, this is the subject that came to me. And I do not know why, because we weren't talking about war. We weren't talking about weapons. We weren't talking about anything along that particular line. But what we were talking about was the thoughts and ideas that we have about ourselves, independent of what other people think, but intermingled with other what other people think about us. I know that sounds crazy and weird, but that's how we live our lives every day. Crazy and weird. You know? So let's let's um so my topic tonight is um weapons of mass destruction. And um when I first looked at it and I, I went into Google, there were these a bunch of pictures that came up of bombs going off and, and people being poisoned with gas and all of that and I was thinking to myself, Okay Jesus um, maybe I read the memo wrong. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this one was meant for somebody else, and I just, you know, you might have hit a six instead of a three because I have no clue where you're going with this particular message. And so then I did what I always do, and I, I, went, in, I went in and got definitions. I, I wanted to know what that meant, what weapons of mass destruction meant. And so I'm going to take you on a journey with me, and this is going to be a weird journey because in mid-notes, I had to stop taking my notes because my um, spirit told me that this would be a lesson that I could not get off of Google or Wikipedia or um, Dictionary.com or Webster's, but it would have to come from me. And normally when that happens, I, um, I call everybody. Um, on my in my little group, and I say, buckle up, because Bobby is in rare form today. And the funny thing is that is that even though the show is called Bobby Takes Over Today, I believe that Barbara will be doing most of the show, because Bobby don't do this feelings crap. <laughs> she doesn't care about anybody's feelings, 
and she literally just does not come out unless Bobby, unless Barbara needs to be saved. And I know that's weird that I talk about myself in the third person like that, but I really see my Bobby persona as a different personality because I say things, she says things that I wouldn't normally say to a person. So um, that's another um, topic for another day, probably with a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a phlebotomist, and, you know, maybe um, a, a trampeze artist. We could talk about that one day. I don't know why I just named all those people because I don't know what they have to do with it, but that was Bobby. She's gone. She's, she's back in her room. So weapons of mass destruction. Between self-doubt, self-criticism, and low self-esteem um, being the theme of the day, for some, hell, just getting out of bed can be the hardest move of the day for some people. These are the weapons of mass destruction. They keep our minds at war, full of fall, at a, in a war that's full of fallout and the death of dreams. So please Please come talk to me, and y'all respond to me and and take notes. And we're gonna open up the phone lines at the end because this is one of them that that I'm I'm, I'm just gonna need y'all help to, to pull me through the rest of this one. Everybody, all of my listeners, okay. So, and even if you have never called in before or spoken before, join us in the conversation. This is not um, really a roundtable of a group of friends. It's it's um it's opened up for everybody. So um, join me today. I would really love to hear some new voices, even though I am truly and faithfully and loyally and undeniably and um, unquenchably in love with the old ones. So um, I wanted to start off by saying that um, I came from a family that had a lot of love in it. But let me explain this that the love that I came out that was in my family was not about us talking. It, it was never about us saying that we loved each other on a, on a on a consistent basis. The love in the family that I had was we had a roof, we had food, we had clothing, we had shelter, and we were pushed to be the very best that we could be. And that's the kind of love that I came from. And the there was not really a problem with it, but I think that I was built to um, be more of a person that I need to hear that. I need to hear it, but I need to hear it, but I also need to be shown it. And so coming from a background of just being shown love and not um, hearing it consistently from those who shared my DNA um, made me kind of the person that I am today. And I see myself in a different light than most people see me. Um, and this is why the three things that I'm going to talk about today and the, and the very last thing I'm going to talk about today, um, dealing with weapons of mass destruction, have really um, permeated my life and it makes some of the decisions that I make the wrong decisions if you really just want to be point blank and honest with it. So, um, and because I think that this is going to be a long and trying subject, I want to start off with the definition um, that the world has for weapons of mass destruction. Um, the dictionary says that weapons of mass destruction 
are um, is something that is capable of inflicting mass casualties and or destroying or rendering high value assets as useless. That is the key to what we're going to talk about today. The key to it is capable in, of inflicting mass casualties and or destroying or rendering high-value assets as useless. Remember the word high-value assets because I need you to think about in your life what assets in your life are highly valuable to you. We're not talking about tangible objects in your house. We're not talking about the ring your grandmama left you six generations on your daddy's side. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about what are the high-value assets in your life that may have been rendered useless by you. Not necessarily outside influences. We're going to get to that. But by you. That is a hard thing to face, isn't it? Isn't it hard to think that you are the one that screwed up, man? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. The effects of these weapons cannot be contained and are highly disruptive. The, the effects of these weapons cannot be contained. They spill over into every aspect of your life, and they're very disruptive, highly disruptive. So you're dealing with things that inflict mass casualties. It's highly disruptive. You can't contain it, and it either destroys or it renders, or it, renders it useless. Even though in your mind and in your life, it is a highly valuable asset. And so if it's a highly valuable asset, how do we um, come to grips with the idea that we're effing that up? To be frank with you, I'm sorry, I had to pull back on that word. I'm trying not to cuss anymore, but it's not working. Cuss like three times a day. That's my confession. If you're a priest, hail Mary, full of grace, all the other stuff. You, you heard me. So these are the three things that I want to discuss tonight. Self-doubt, low self-esteem, and self-criticism. And the very last, very last thing that I want to talk about are weapons that are formed against us that we form. Or weapons that are formed by other people against us and we allow them to use it on us because we give them the ammunition to use it. Okay? So, I'm going to try to keep up. You guys try to keep up. And I'm trying not to to confuse myself or you um, because my mind wants to fly away and I'm I'm trying to hold on to it. Okay, so, self-doubt is a lack of confidence. Low self-esteem is the belief that you have that you have in your own self. I'm going to come back to that. I almost told you, but I'm going to come back to that. And self-criticism is being critical of oneself in a unduly, unduly, which means you don't have, you don't even have the. It's not even correct. It's wrong, in the wrong, wrongly, um, oneself in a wrongly disapproving way. Okay. So self-doubt is a lack of confidence. It's just you not having the confidence in yourself to do whatever you need to do. You don't have the confidence because um, 
Somebody told you you couldn't do it. You don't have the confidence because you've told yourself you couldn't do it. You don't have the confidence because you failed at it before. You don't have the confidence because you've never seen anybody else do it before. Nobody else in your family has ever done it. Your mama would, couldn't do it. Your daddy uh, That's a lot of self-doubt. And it grows and it festers and it just spreads. Then there's low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. This is not something that anyone else could put on you. This is all you. This is all you. This is all you. This is all this all has to this goes along with the self awareness that we talk about all the time, but this is all you. That low self esteem, nobody else can't make you feel low, give you low self esteem except you. Man that hurt. I felt like standing up on that one. Because what you're not gonna do is talk about me and I'm gonna sit down. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay seated because I don't feel like fighting myself right now. So then you have self-criticism. Self-criticism sneaks up on you. This is that booger that just, you put on the outfit, you look good in the store, you get home, you get ready to wear it to the event, and all of a sudden, oh, my arm's too big. Wow, man, I didn't think this would make my neck look like that. Is that, is that, a, is that my hair looking? Come on. That is that right there. That that self criticism is it, yeah. It sneaks up on you, and 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 you get so used to doing it, doing it that it it doesn't become self criticism anymore. It becomes uh, what you think of as a self evaluation. Now you're saying, oh no no no, these are my weaknesses, and I'm and I'm strong enough to to face them. No boo boo, no. You are so critical of yourself that you become accustomed to dogging yourself. And it has nothing you don't it doesn't take strength to dog yourself. It doesn't take strength to point out every weakness. Because if you were pointing out your weaknesses, this is what makes you strong. Point out the weakness and then come in right after that with the strength. That's being one hundred. Because even 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 the Bible says that the word tears down, but it comes, it flips back around. That's why they say it's a double-edged sword, because it'll cut and it'll flip back around and it'll edify. And we don't do that to ourselves. We do the criticism and walk out the door with it lingering in the air. Then when you come back, you're wondering why your house smells like dead dreams and, and, and wet puppies. Because you've criticized yourself into to despair. And I, I'm going to interject this right here. I don't like this subject. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to do this. But we're going to get through this together. And so that's what we're going to do. So y'all come on with me. Let's go. So all of this that I'm saying sounds, right now it sounds really technical and clinical. And to be honest with you, it just sounds so generic and bland. But I assure you, I promise you that people who go through these things, who have these these self-doubts and low self-esteem and they are very critical of themselves, they are anything, they are, they feel anything but generic and bland, and they go way beyond some clinical evaluation of themselves and how they see themselves. So let me be crystal clear on that. Let me be clear on the idea that we are going to move beyond some textbook idea of what it is to have such a low opinion of yourself, and we're going to try and put a thought to what this means to be a person in real time that has these issues. And we're going to talk about them. So so let's go. So, again, I grew up in a family um, where – 
I was shown a lot of love because I always had food. We always had clothes. We always had shoes. And it may not have been the latest, but I always had everything that I would need to survive. But what I lacked that um, I thought I saw a lot of other people getting was the, the verbiage of love. The um, the the talks of you could do this and 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 you're the greatest. I didn't. Those talks were lacking. Um, and I, in my opinion, I think people need that. I think that there are some people that were built to to need that thing. And on my mom's passing, and talking to her in those final days, I realized that she didn't do those things for me because I always, I had already, even at such at a very young age in my teens, I had perfected the art of I'm okay. I had perfected the art of such strength and such I'm going to get through this and I'm going to do it if I have to bulldog my way through it at such a young age that she didn't think I needed it. And so I had, um, strengthened myself in fake strength, if you to be honest, myself into this um, place where it, people around me thought that I didn't need anything from them. And as I grew older, I it, it became a thing that I regretted because I did need that. I did need them. I did need other people, not for validation. Do not get me wrong, not for validation, but to be visible. Yeah. I think I think that's the word. Yeah. That that's the word cuz it made my chest hurt and made, and it brought tears to my eyes. That's that's it. I needed that to be visible because without that I felt um invisible. I felt um um like I had to do everything on my own and that it was a punishment of some kind for something that I had done so horrible, but I had no idea what it was. And so I spend, and I spent, and so let's be honest, let's go with the first thing I said. I spend my life looking for the God awful thing. You remember the movie help? And she did, and she did the God awful. Miss Minnie did the God awful to, um, to, to the lady, that is is how I felt. I did the god awful, and I ne- I can't I can, and I can't seem to figure out what that god awful is. Why I have to work so hard to hold on to my sanity, to my friends, to my family, to a job, to breath, and um. This is this is what low self-esteem, self-criticism, and self-doubt does for you. This is this is how it takes. This is how it makes your life, and you go through life feeling like a survivor of a shipwreck, and everybody landed on one side of the island, and you landed on the other side. You can hear them talking and laughing, and succeeding, and moving toward whatever victory they're going to and you're making very little progress just with the hut 
And I know that sounds like, oh, my gosh, he's so dramatic, but that's the analogy that just popped to me. So you, feel, you go through and you feel like a survivor. Of every day you when you wake up in the morning, you feel like, whoo, I survived another day. I survived another night. Now what are we going to do today? And I try to do affirmation and be persistent in that and be consistent in that. And the, the affirmations go great for a while, but then the affirmations start to turn in on me. Because now I'm giving the affirmations, but then um, in, I'm, I'm speaking them out of my mouth. But in my head, the opposite of what I'm saying is ringing. And so then I'm fighting for the truth of the thing that I'm talking about. And it gets tired, and, and it gets weary, and you get tired, and you get, um, <laughs> you get stuck. It's almost like writer's block. And so then the affirmation is just words. You ever try to say your name over and over and over and over again? Don't ask me where I've, I've done that, but I've done that. And after a while, even if you say, say something about a phone or you say a word over and over again, after a while the meaning of that word just loses its, its, its power. It's, its, um, it becomes elastic, and it just, it just doesn't feel right anymore. And that's how sometimes affirmations make me feel giving myself the same affirmations um, on, especially on days when I feel like I felt a few days ago. They don't, they don't feel, they don't ring true and they seem impossible to achieve. And one of the things that really, um, and it's, it's probably the saddest thing too though, but one of the things that really keeps me moving is that I have to understand that I'm not the only one that that I'm not the only one that feels this way that other people feel this way and that I and, and I guess I what I'm trying to say is that I'm not alone and so the weapons are being formed within you should also not be given the you can't give them the water and the soil and the care to grow. My friend Q um, wanted one of the plants that we had um, at the funeral, and I said, yeah, go ahead and take it. Yeah, do that. It's, and she um, does not know how much it um, – Then I, I think I texted everybody not to cry today, so I think I'm going to do that too. But she named her – she named it after my mom. And um, – her naming that and listening to her speak to that plant and call my mom's name and says that her prayer partner is um, something that has touched me deep, deep inside myself. And um, it's, it's just, it, it is, um, and that plant is growing for her. She said when she took the plant, I'm not, I don't have a green thumb or whatever, but I swear that plant has grown three inches. I mean, I know I'm looking at it through the phone, but I swear that plant stands up taller with her because of how she treats it. And this is what I'm talking about, and this is what we do with self-doubt, self-criticism, and low self-esteem. And the weapons that other people form against us is that we give them care. 
We coddle the shit out of them. We give them the right Similac. We give them the right meat. We give them the right amount of hugs. We talk about it. We, we, we give it attention. When we're alone, we, we, let it, we let it run the course of our mind, and we do this, and it grows and grows and grows, and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And I'm going to go back to the definition. You know what it does? It inflicts mass casualties on us. We throw friends and bodies and, 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 and ideas and dreams away like, like they're nothing. Those are the casualties. That's the stuff we lose. And, it, and what, it, what else it says is destroying it, it and, it, and or destroying or rendering high-value assets as useless. The high-value assets that it's talking about are minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls. Do not get it twisted. Self-doubt, self-criticism, low self-esteem, all of those things cause sickness. And sickness causes death. And sometimes it's not death in a quick snip moment. We're talking about slow, painful death, death of drudging to a job you hate, death of being married to somebody you can't stand, death of living in a place that you hate coming home to, death. This is what those things do to you. It makes you, it can allow you to be in a crowd and feel like an atomic bomb just went off and you're the only one that survives. And the massive fallout from weapons of mass destruction, it's not, it's not radioactive uh, material. It's a radioactive attitude. Nobody wants to be around your ass. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to, to be around you because you're, 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 you're beyond help because you've let that thing eat and fester at you so long that it's your best friend. So your best friend or the people who want to be your friends don't have no room. And I think that besides my fear of dying alone, with no children and no husband and no family. My other biggest fear is that I would get to a place where people would not want to help me anymore. That's a casualty. That's fallout. That is the that is the something that that those three things that we're talking about doubt, self esteem and and um criticism of self that's what it does to you. And so there is of course there are drugs for that. You know, they got it they probably got an app for that. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and you have uh people that you could see for that, uh psychiatrists and all of this you have all of that. But when you're alone and it's and it's five minutes after twelve midnight. You're gonna have to learn. No, no. Let's 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 be real. Let's let's try this. Let's let's try realness here. You're gonna have to. We we're gonna have to learn how to pull that shit out of us. Because if you don't know how to pray for yourself, if you don't know how to pull yourself away from the mirror and the self destruction that you're speaking to yourself, you're going to die. 
And I know that sounds dramatic and harsh, but I had to tell myself that a few days ago. If you don't do this for yourself, you're going to die. And it's not going to be this quick death. It's going to be a slow, agonizing, lonely, miserable, unnecessary, that is the shit I mean, unnecessary death. Damn, it's a morbid show. But hopefully we'll pick it up in a minute. So, I guess one of the things you're wondering about is why I keep quoting the scripture um, about weapons being formed against us. And how and how self-doubt and criticism and low self-esteem, how all of that prospers. You know how it prospers? It prospers because your dreams die, your goals die, your instinct to survive dies. And I think that's probably the most dangerous thing about getting into some kind of depression is that your instinct to survive dies of uh, my friend Q said it the other day. She said that um, I was in a situation yesterday, and she said, oh, your instinct is kicking, kicking in. It's either fight or flight, and your first instinct is to, fl- is, to, is to run. And that was my first instinct. My first instinct, get in the truck, get back on the road, and stay out for four or five weeks at a time. Just run. But what if that's not the only two instincts that we have is to fight, is flight or fight? Because I think that there is also a very real instinct of some people, not everybody, but some people, to just lay down and die. I know it sounds weird, but some people's instinct is just lay down and let it run over me because I'm done. I done had enough. I used to watch Animal Planet, and them animals run, run, and they would run to their heart burst. That instinct to survive surpassed the, the the need to stop and take a breath. And I think that some people deal with this on a on a a global scale. That's that's how I think it is. And we turn and so self doubt, self criticism, self uh Criticism and doubt and low self-esteem is exactly that. It is the weapon that we form against ourselves, and it prospers by killing everything in, around, and beyond us. And it is it is it is sad, but it happens all the time. So, whoo. And so let's not forget, um, I really want to open the lines up, um, so I'm not going to, I know I feel like I've been talking forever, but let, I, uh, one more thing, and then I'm going to open the lines up, and then we're going to have a, um, hopefully a very candid discussion um, about what I'm talking about. And so let, 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 me, let, me, let me say this, let me say this. And so let's not forget those who have decided that even if they know there's a weapon that is being formed against you. They keep doing what they're doing because it is hard pressed for me to believe that people don't know when they're hurting you, especially when they do it over and over again, and it is being done in a long-term type of way. I guess I guess I base this on the idea that I know when I hurt somebody unless it's something that, that I hurt them with that I didn't know about 
or that I did not know that they were that sensitive about. And not sensitive in a negative way, but it, it's in a way kind of, it kind of rubs them the wrong way. So let's not leave out the discussion of people who are weapons, and they were formed against you, and they know their weapons that keeps you where you are in your mind and, and in their mind, and yet they continue to do the things that they're doing. This is another way is totally destructive, not only to you but to them, because when you find out that you have been tra- targeted by a weapon, what should happen is you should be, you should be kind of glad and honored that God has the kind of faith in you that you can withstand that weapon, but this is not generally the first response that we have. The first response we have is why me? Why me? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why you. Just like I had to tell myself, you know why you? Why me? Because we give them the ammunition for said weapon. We give people the fodder to put the flame of criticism, doubt, low self esteem into us. We have to learn when and who to share our deepest ideas with, or our deepest thoughts with. Because one, we talked about this in a show before, um, going to the chapel. You people will eat up your life if you feed it to them with a lot of sugar on it and a short spoon. They'll eat that shit up. And as soon as you low enough to the ground for them to kick you, they're going to shit it back out on you. And I'm sure that there's a clinical way to say this, and I'm sure there's a biblical way to say this, but that's exactly what it is. You feed them like a baby, and like a baby, they shit on you. Because you fed it to them and that is so hard for that 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 for me is a hard thing to take in because I I want to be transparent I want to be the person that I want that I want to be I don't want to be this hidden thing I want my life to be open and 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 used as a symbol of don't do this shit you don't have to go through this because I'm gonna tell you I'm going to tell you how not to go through it. I did it so you don't have to. Don't listen. Don't get me. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm a martyr. I'm not saying that 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 people do not have their own crosses to bear because they do. Everybody has their own cross to bear. Everybody has their own testimony. But some of the shit we go through, if you had just listened to the person that was trying to keep you from taking that last step off into the abyss. Some of the things we go through, we do not have to. And so in saying that, I'm going to open up the phone lines. But before I do, I'm going to ask my engineer to play a commercial because I need to gather myself. And I hope that you've written down some questions. And I hope that um, we're going to get through this um, conversation together, and we're going to come up with some ways to um, to undetonate this bomb. You know what I'm saying? What do we do? Are we going to clip the red wire or the blue wire, 
or is it the green wire? I guess I should have had a bomb expert on here, but we're going to do one of them. All right, play two commercials. That's what we're going to do um, because I guess I need to – I think I might be rambling and I need to gather. So I'm going to go pour me a glass of wine. You go pour you some Hennessy. I'll meet you back here in about two and two. This is Bobby Takes Over. I'm Bobby. Hit it, Mr. Engineer. My Life Has Destiny is a faith-based podcast that talks about testimonies of faith, hope, redemption, restoration, and the perseverance of ordinary people through the extraordinary power and presence of God. Join host Quint Jones and Coco Fenton every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Trailblazers Radio. We're living in a different time. Isn't that what the old folks say? Well, I beg to differ. Because there really is nothing new under the sun. We used to think that this generation was stronger than that of my parents. But after learning where and whom we come from, I realized that this was a false narrative. They fought, bled, and died for the liberties that we take advantage of today. So I changed my mind. We are our grandparents. We are our parents. This is where the idea for uppity Negro apparel and accessories comes from. We are the uppity Negroes that defy boundaries, broke chains, climb mountains, and cross valleys of hatred, bigotry, illiteracy, and oppression. The statement is simple. The cause is never ending. The sound, loud. Say it with me, Kindred. I am that uppity Negro.
Negro Apparel, you are welcome to do so. We're eternally grateful. You can go to ChevalierB.com. That's C-H-E-V-E-L-L-E-B.com, ChevalierB.com, where you can purchase your Uppity Negro Apparel. Um, So what we're going to do now is I'm going to um, go ahead and open up the the phone lines. if I can get my engineer to do that for me. Um, and we're going to have a good old-fashioned um, polliver. That's just a fancy word for people talking. I learned that. Uh, that's one of my college words. I'm I'm so proud of myself. Thank you all for being phone. proud of me, too. Um, but um, so talking about self-esteem, low self-esteem and all of that other stuff and um, all of that stuff I mentioned earlier. And... Um, and I just wanted to hear um, some of your thoughts. If you have any questions um, or anything that you want me to clarify, because what I think the um, one of the issues is with with um, with people talking about these things is that we um, I'll say we, but it's me. I have really learned how to um, walk with my head straight up. I, I very rarely walk looking down. I've learned how to to project myself in a room um, and to be – I can be either the center of attention or um, or not. And it's just, it's just something that I have um, groomed myself to do because it's more acceptable to be okay than to not be okay, especially um, – as a black woman, um, because a black woman that's not okay is um, usually considered to be an angry one for no apparent reason except that um, he left or or he was a dog or is usually surrounded by – I used to tell my friend, you know, so I'm, I, girl, I don't feel good today, such and such, and the first thing she would say, girl, he ain't worth it. Girl. I wasn't even talking about no man today. And so then I just decided, listen, I just want to say nothing about nothing because all of my issues did not revolve around men. But usually if you're a black woman and you're not okay, the first thing that usually comes to mind for so some people, and I'm just being honest, it's not your job or your kids, it's him. Because they think, a lot of people think that's all we focus on is him. And I can't argue with that because that's sometimes perpetuated by how we are. And um, how we are seen um, in a society that is ran by white men. So um, that's a whole other subject, honey. So um, the phone lines are open. Um, and if any, whenever anyone wants to interrupt this babble, just bring it on in. Let's dig it. Let's get it. The whole time you were talking, I kept hearing masks. 
most of the time. Well, if you don't mind, this, I'd love to jump to the head of the line here. Um, I, I just think <laughs> this is a, just a blow-away subject. One more time. Um, Q was talking, but I think she relinquished. I don't, I'm not sure. No, please let her go, go on. I, I didn't hear her as I put the phone in my ear. Oh, so what I've heard the whole time you were talking is a mask. Most of the time when we're going through something, it's easy to mask what we're feeling or to put on some type of facade. Um, but what we have to realize is there is a root to every problem or yeah. to every issue or to our low self-esteem or our lack of confidence or however you want to put it. There is a root cause. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we can get to that root cause, we can mm-hmm. deliver ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we don't want to deal with the root because it's too painful. That means we have to look at ourselves. We have mm-hmm. to look at what we're not doing or what we don't like about ourselves in order to be healed from the root cause. So with that being said, we need to start wearing the mask on the stop wearing the mask on the external and dealing with the internal. Because we mm-hmm. can fix up the outer appearance real good. But what oh, about yeah. the inner? Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I I think that um, we like I said I think that we perfect the art of of well, did we talked about this before on another show too? We talked about when you first meet somebody and the, the person that we really want them to see, and how long do you have to know them before you remove that first sixteen sixteen layers of mask? And um, Steve Harvey gave it 90 days and all that. I don't believe in none. I didn't believe in none of that crap. I think it all just depends on who the people are and where you want them in your life and how honest you want to be, um, um, how soon you want to be honest with them. Um, so that's my idea about that. But I think that the masks that we wear, I think we're groomed to wear them. I think we wear those. We Our parents teach us to wear those masks when they tell us, well, we on our way to your grandma's house. Don't you ask for nothing? That's the mask of, I ain't hungry, but you're hungry. Then you got the, then you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you got the mask of, I'm going to send you to school, and what happens in this house stays in this house. That's the mask of everything at my mama's house is okay. Even though my daddy beat my mama last night, it's okay. So we teach society, we as parents, some parents teach their children, and we're taught very early on to wear masks. We're taught very early on that that we it is our job as a polite citizen and a polite um, uh, person in society um, to to have, to be okay because it's not polite not to be okay. And then when you're not okay, all of a sudden um, it's psychological. No, it ain't psychological. I just don't like you. That's I mean, like seriously, it's not psychological. I just don't want to be here. It's not psychological. I just am not okay today. I don't feel like this today. And I think that this now is a new generation of putting clinical names on on shit that don't need no clinical name. Your kids just don't like going to your Mima house because it smells like mothballs. They don't have ADHD. They're they not keeping still because your sister got bed bugs and your son tried to take you. He would, Listen, I quit. All right, who else? Go ahead, T. 
Go ahead, T. I'm sorry. I know you just thought you just speaking the truth. That's all. A lot of times we like to cover that up. Go ahead. um, Go ahead. I just I, I think the title <laughs> weapons of destruction and mass weapons of destruction and you know looking at where you you place it is it, so perfect because those people who are putting that stuff in our lives wow they they are really they're really the weapons and they don't know it. Mm. they're the mm-hmm. weapon that's formed against us because they're adding all that stuff and some of them don't even don't even want to be that. They don't think they're that, but they are. It just, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're perpetuating those items. Because, yes, mm-hmm. you become that weapon uh, to yourself at a certain point because it's been internalized. You've heard it so many times, you know, that you may not even say you're an ugly person, but so many other people have said it that your actions say it. Your actions, your fear of just walking up to somebody and saying, you know what, I like your personality. I like who you are. Hey, can we mm-hmm. talk? Can we get together? But you mm-hmm. don't feel that way now because, you know, you're that ugly person. Nobody don't want right. to talk to you. Why are you always up in people's face? Nobody wants to know what you're doing. And even though you may not outwardly or or verbally uh, say so, but mm-hmm. that's what happens. That's what right. happens. And it's sad that there are so many weapons that are formed against us that we're not aware of. We think it's got to right. be the person who's coming head on and attacking us. But right. like you said about that family member, you know, somebody makes up a horrible name for you, you know, you know, you poop <laughs> up or something like that. Yeah. And, and they think it's just the funniest thing that a whole family called you, call you that. And the one day you want to bring a guest over, that's when somebody want to yell it out. Because we always mm-hmm. call you that, you know, mm-hmm. and those are destructive. They just started. They destroy your personality, your your resilience. They they attack you on a daily basis, even when you're asleep. Even that yeah. little item you and, talked about, about uh, growing up and saying, I'm okay. You need anything? I'm okay. Uh, can I get something for you? No, I'm all right. And that usually comes from disappointment. That when you did need something, you asked for it, ain't nobody showing up. Oh, you right. don't really need that, really. Oh, I guess I don't. Right. Another another weapon. So, and a lot of know, times, amen. some things that we, we take on are generational curses. Mm-hmm. Because um, those family members are going through the same thing. And now they done passed it down to you. And you passed it down to your children, but when is the curse going to be broken? When they decide that it's not that is really a curse and not just something that our family goes through. Oh, your, your sister Janie had that. Y'all, you, you gonna get over it? She got over it. But is it them Try that to, need to decide? It, it, it can start with you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can. But this is the thing. You, you, what? I, I think the point I'm trying to get to is that some people have the I don't think it's an I don't think it's an innate ability because I don't think it's something you're born with but I think that some people take their trials and tribulations at what mm-hmm. as what the way they're supposed to take them and these this is a lesson and this is what I I need to learn and I'm going to learn this but some people take their trials and tribulations 
as the burden of I'm cursed and this is, is never going to get any better than this. And so what I want to try to get to um, before the before we end this is um, how do we get to those people? How do I get to the person that has given up on therapy and, and all this other stuff, not because it didn't work, but because it became too much to to face who they were beyond what they saw in the mirror. Because we have the now what what is innate is we have the innate ability to lie to ourselves profusely and with great success. Because if we didn't have that that particular ability, some of these girls would not be wearing them leggings like I I sorry. That's listen. We have the ability to lie to ourselves about things and we tell ourselves that lie so convincingly that we there is no turning back on it. And so then if we can do that so it's so great, how do we get to how do we how do we get to the person um in their mind to let I don't even know how I'm trying to word this question. How do you get to the person who thinks that they're beyond help, who have come but, to the conclusion? Mm-hmm. I'd, no, I'm done. I'd love to chime in on that. Go ahead. So I think that we – well, let's just I'm, – I'm just going to be, be, just be honest about what I'm thinking right now. So I think it still goes back to what – the weapons of mass destruction are it Bobby said it very eloquently earlier in the show, however, I think we I think that the one thing that we that we as a collective here need to need to understand is how the how those weapons are deployed and i'm not and i'm not talking i'm and i'm talk, i'm talking in a i'm talking in a conventional warfare sense but i'm also talking in a spiritual and personal sense as well so in a in a in conventional warfare, weapons of mass destruction are deployed when well well in warfare in military warfare military doctrine should I say weapons of mass destruction are deployed when conventional warfare and tactics are no longer are no longer effective at, suppre- mm-hmm. at suppressing or containing or even eliminating an enemy. Mm-hmm. So those weapons of mass destructions are. Are deployed at that point, and we all know that that we all know the effect of those types of those types of weapons. They're they're, they're calamitous. Now, in a in a in a spiritual and a personal sense, it's the it's literally it's literally the, it's literally the same thing. But on a, but on a spirit when so when weapons so when I, when I talk about weapons of mass destruction, they're already ones that Bobby has already talked about. Self doubt, self criticism, mm-hmm. low self esteem, depression, suicide, um, PTSD, anxiety—all the, all these to me, all these to me are weapons of mass destruction, and they, and they're, and they, and they're deployed at sometimes inopportune, sometimes opportune and inopportune times. They're deployed when mm-hmm. a person feels like they're defeated, or they feel like they're, they're like they have, like they have no worth, or they have no, no, no value, and and they're they're deployed they're, they're they're deployed even more when when we engage when we engage in spiritual warfare because 
you know, let's just let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. You know, the enemy's gonna use whatever tactics they're gonna use to put to, to put you in a situation to where you say, "I surrender, I give up." And if it and if it means if it means deploying the weapons of mass destruction, such as self doubt, criticism, and things of that nature, they're yeah they're gonna do it. It's it's considered it's considered dirty tactics, but hey, all's fair, all's fair, all's fair warfare. You know, there's in spiritual warfare, there's there's literally no there's there's no rules of engagement. It's right. either you engage you engage the enemy or you or you or you die, and it's the same mm. thing in in conventional warfare except. Their rules of engagement. You can't fire up on enemy unless you're fired upon, and things of that nature. But in spiritual warfare, it's different. And I think it we I think when we talk about weapons of mass destruction, we have to talk about them also in in that in that sense, in the not in the conventional sense of you know military warfare, but in spiritual warfare, because those weapons of mass destruction are are always going to be prevalent, and the enemy is going to use those tactics. Again, going to use those weapons and those tactics against us. So, the thing of it is, what do we what do we do to avoid those weapons being deployed on on our on our on the battlefield of our mind and the battlefield of our heart? Well, mm-hmm. I would say I would say that you know you, I would say, and this goes back to conventional warfare as well. So in order so in order to destroy an enemy. Or to suppress an enemy, you, you you're gonna have to employ tactics that are that are that are unconventional, mm-hmm. that are that are kind of that are that that go out of the way of any type of spiritual or military doctrine. You know, mm-hmm. prayers one prayers are prayers a tactic, but that's a common tactic. You know, consecration is a tactic. That's a that, that's a con that's a common tactic. You know. There's now you have to come to more unconventional tactics, you know, self, you know, self encouragement, self, self evaluation, self appreciation, um, bringing, finding ways to bring up your self esteem, finding ways to, um, to reach a build, to rebuild your confidence, you know, finding, finding those, finding those people that you can connect, find those people that, that will, that are, that, that are like minded and connect, can connect with you and are able to help you pull. Help you build your build those build your confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know the last thing. Then the last thing that I'm and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna be quiet at least for now. Is that you know though all these all these things are predicated on the level the level of the level of your belief, the level of your belief in you know the the, the Most High, you know. You can, I mean, and it, and it go, and it still goes to the point of having faith as small as a mustard seed. You know, mustard mustard seed faith to me is very, is very powerful because mm-hmm. it, it it require it requires you to believe in that one small thing. Believe, but you have a small amount of belief, but you're but you're but you're asking for something very big. So mm-hmm. it, I I think the the main the main defense against to me, you know, against those weapons of mass destruction is is the power believing in the power and the presence of the of you know of the most high because that's that's gonna that is gonna be your that's gonna be your main offense and defense. I agree. I agree. And I I think that knowing um I think one of the things that needs to be known is what battle 
to fight? What what's your lane? Um, which, which of these battles is yours to fight, and which one do you leave up to God, to a higher power? Well, because all of these battles are not yours. All some of these battles right. are are even though they even though we we the Bible says that we fight against not flesh and blood, but against um, principalities and and spirits and wicked and all the other stuff. We need to understand that. I need to understand that all of the battles that I fight are not necessarily my battles to fight. Now, the fight is for me. You feel me? The fight is for me. It's for my mind. It's for my peace. It's for my well-being. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be the one to particularly fight that particular fight. Because I think a lot of times what happens is we get into um, God's business and we don't have no rank. You feel me? Like you going to war and you ain't been through basic training. What you need to do is go sit your ass down and let the person that has been doing this since the beginning of everything do his job. Because one thing that I think a lot of people forget is is that he don't forget. He ain't. He didn't. He didn't make a memo or or his secretary forgot to t- you know his secretary forgot to remind him. Listen, you got to go fight Barbara Battle. At two o'clock, at the corner of Weston and Smith, at, at four, you, it's not it's not that kind of thing. He doesn't forget. But um, I hear people preach on this all the time. Just because it's delayed doesn't mean that's been denied. And sometimes mm-hmm. we think that things are being delayed and denied and all of that because you messed it up. Because the path that you were on, though it was wrong was going to get you to where God was going to fight for you. But did you listen? No. You took another turn because you don't know how to keep your behind. I, I, I keep hurting my own feelings. Y'all, I'm, I'm literally standing up because I'm tired of sitting down and talking about my own self because what I'm not going to do is let me tear my own self off and sit on, uh-uh, uh, ain't enough wine in here. So who, who, who next? Uh-uh, but see, That's, this is the thing this is one of the reasons why we can't get delivered because when we start to step on our own toes, we run or we mute ourselves or we want to stop talking. No, deliver yourself. It's time out for that. You can't keep running. You can't run from what hurts. You can't run from the truth. It's time for us to get healed. You can't get healed with yep. closed mouth. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And eventually, you, it's gonna have you're gonna have to as as pay, as painful as this is gonna sound because it's something because it's something I had to literally adapt myself. You eventually you go out the bat. You have to just put yourself against the wall and start and you know and start swinging because you can't you you can't you can't all you can't and. I don't know if Quinn or Coco are gonna agree with me on this, but this is just kind of sort of my my how I look at it. You can't always be in a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can't always have a you can't always have a shield up. You got you got to be That's you right. got to go on the offensive eventually. Mhm. Right. Right. That's right. Right. Because whatever you're getting hit with, eventually is gonna wear through whatever you're holding up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But see, this, this is so, the biggest so, thing that you got to think about. First of all, the Bible says, "Put some armor on our gun." Even in the Bible, it says, "Put some armor on our gun." Yeah, Coco, 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 it's a lot of distortion. 
Okay, can y'all hear me now? Yeah, that's yeah. better. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so first of all, the Bible says put on the whole armor of God, right? Even when the Bible told told us in in instruction to put on the whole armor of God, that don't mean that because you got the whole armor on, that don't mean that you're not going to get hit. He told you to put mm-hmm. the armor on so it could keep you from getting hit. So that you could be mm-hmm. so that you could be protected from all sides. That's the reason why he said it. So at the end of the day, if you actually stop and think about it, let's go back to what Bobby just said a minute ago about the battle being yours and if you should fight or if you should not fight. First of all, the battle is never yours to fight. And the reason why I say mm-hmm. that is because God told you that he got it. So if he told you that he got it, that means that the battle no longer belongs to you. He has it all in control. Again, like Bobby said, he don't need your help because, first of all, a lot of people say, well, God is the pilot. I'm the co-pilot. You're not even the co-pilot. You're a pastor. So you are not getting next to him. You are not the next one in tow. That is not even how that works. You're a passenger on the ride, and he is the pilot and the co-pilot alone by himself. So at the end of the day, the only time you fight a battle on your own is the battles that you choose to toss yourself into. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes it goes back to what I have said before that yes, if you're not careful, you don't even realize that one you have been your own weapon forming and you've been doing it for a very long time. And now mm-hmm. that you have been your own well, weapon forming, people all around you have done the same thing. Mhm. So hold, they took hold the on, Coco. So I'm gonna I'm I'm play I'm gonna play devil's advocate real quick, Coco. Just just so we just so we can just keep this particular sub this particular point of your conversation going. So you say that we some battles we throw ourselves into. So what about those battles mm-hmm. we are inadvertently thrown into? The ones that you are inadvertently but, thrown into, there's always a way out. You either choose to mm-hmm. stay in it or you choose to walk away. Mm-hmm. There's always a way of escape. Half of the time, when he when he gives you that way of escape, a lot of us choose not to take it. That's right, and he provides a way of escape. When you're tempted, he provides the way of escape. So the choice is yours. I mean, it's just like with the fight with Jehoshaphat. He told him the battle is not going to be yours. Go out there like he's going to fight him. But I'm with you. I got you. It's already won. So- so how about this? What about battles that we're in that and we don't what about people who are in battles and they don't know they're in them? But that's, see, yep. that's, you got that's where Go ahead. Go ahead. That's that's where when you don't realize what you got going on, that's where the other the other part of who you are has to kick in. At some point in time, your wisdom and discernment kicks in. I don't care what nobody say. At some point in time, it, it comes somewhere to say, hold on, wait a minute. Some, something ain't right. I didn't put myself in this situation, but you know what? I know how I got here. Now, I got to get out. Mm-hmm. But hey, I, would think, that, I would think that I would think that get that, out? that other part of you mm. would have some type of, um, and this I'm not trying to be funny. I'm dead serious. I would think that some that that other part of of me would be 
the part that would um, have the Holy Ghost and, and discernment. But I think that mm-hmm. Bobby only has discernment because I think she cussed too much to have the Holy Ghost. Now, when I get in trouble, that, that's, who, <laughs> that's who comes. Listen, that's who comes to the rescue is Bobby. But that's the other part it, of me that comes out. That's the warrior in me. But so, just because you cuss don't mean you don't have the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. That would well, be true. It does this not. This you don't have the Holy Ghost because you because you let corrupt communication come out of your mouth. There's none perfect but the Father. There's only right. one person that's perfect. So all of us have flaws. All of us have some things that we got to work on. All of us have thorns that we got to work on. That brings us to our knees. This is the thing I'm struggling with right now. When you're done struggling with that, you're going to struggle with something else. Right. Right. At at the end of the day, right. And see, at the end of the day, it's just like what we said a minute ago. Even in the spirit, if your back is put up against the wall, you can sit here and say whatever you want to say about you being, you can say that you cuss like a sailor. But in the spirit realm, if your back gets put up up against the wall, it won't be curse words coming out your mouth. Your mouth, I can guarantee you, will come out talking your spiritual language. Yeah, yeah. First and I of think all, that you know, if, if the whole if the Holy mm. Ghost is ever present with you, it don't leave you. That's that's the first thing, first and foremost. Can it go dormant? Yes, but that's only because you allow it to go dormant. At some point in time, something inside you always will bring it back to the forefront. So it, it's not like, okay, well, you know, poof, I had the Holy Ghost a year ago, and now today I don't have it. it, it that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Terrence wanted to say yeah. something um, on that. Terrence? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, wow. I think you wanted to say I something? Just, yeah, I, I disagree where you guys are, but there's so many things that I know. I know when Coco, um, when when they said that, you know, there are times that you're going to be able to, we all have thorns, and I understand all of that. But your original question was when we don't know we're in the battle and we don't right, know, how, my, you know, yeah, we don't know how we got in there. Right. I don't think we ever are there. I think we like to tell ourselves we ain't know. I think we like to tell it. It's like we pray over and over again, talking about how, oh, I know God's going to deliver me. He's going to do this. But the scripture also tells you to study. It tells you to know the word so that you know what God is saying to you. But somehow I forget that, others forget that, and then we wonder where's God. Now, God right. already have answered you. But you've got to put on the back burner until you do this. It's ready for you because he knows if he gives it to you, if he delivers you from that battle now, you ain't learned nothing. You ain't right. learned, you're going to blow it again. And But so we like to tell ourselves, ooh, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. You know, you do know what to do. You know, you, you're short on money, but you're still going out to eat every night. You, right. you don't have... You know, this is happening, and you, you you keep saying you don't know the answer to them, but you do. You know, and that's the that's the thing. Is 
Why do I lie to myself about what I know is the answer? And that that's where I just yeah. see it being. Yeah. Sometimes I have to be honest and say, God, you have this. What do I need to change? Right. Right. Well, right now we're going to take um, another short commercial break. I was supposed to take more than this, but y'all talk so doggone much. I can't get a word in edgewise. So um, what we're going to do is take uh-huh. another break, <laughs> and um, we'll be right back. Um this is Bobby on Bobby's Takeover Sunday night. Um, so, Mr. Engineer, let's get it. I got you. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out. Ooh, mountain. We gon' walk it out and ooh, mountain. Thousand times again 
faith-based podcast that talks about testimonies of faith, hope, redemption, restoration, and the perseverance of ordinary people through the extraordinary power and presence of God. Join hosts Quint Jones and Coco Benton every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Trailblazers Radio. Okay, um, we're back, and um, sorry about that delay. <laughs> um, I really love that song, um, and it fe- I feel like I hear something different in it every time I hear it. Um, so we're two glasses of wine in. This is Bobby. The show is Bobby Takes Over, and I don't know if it's the wine or the company, but I'm feeling better than I did when I got on. So I think that ladies and gentlemen, is the key to everything. So um, the laundry um still yet open, um, and um, we're going to um, have a few more comments, and then we're going to um, we're going to go ahead and cut this short, um, only by about 20 minutes. Um, but I, I do want to say that self-healing and um, – Self, um, I don't know what other any other word except promotion. Uh, giving yourself um, a pat on the back is is just necessary, and I think that is more than just getting up in the morning and doing it and going to bed at night and saying it. I think that it is something that needs to be done all day, every day, and just as much as you tell other people that you love them, you should be telling yourself that you love you. You may not, and just like other people, you may not love everything about them um, or like everything about them. And you may not love and like everything about yourself. But um, overall, at the end of the day, you, you have to tell yourself that you love yourself and that you're going to be okay and that it's going to be okay and that you're not perfect and that nobody else is perfect. And trying to find that perfection in them is such a let a way to walk yourself into a brick wall, um, because it's just not going to happen. Um, and I think that looking for that perfection in ourselves is also um, a very very hard um, wall to hit, because um, I like I want things a certain way. I, I want the person that I'm with to be a certain way. I want my life to be a certain way. I want my job to be a certain way. I want people to treat me the way that I treat them in a certain way. And when that fails, I, I, I shut down. When, when one of those um, wheels 
um, pause or get a kink, I, I, I shut down because um, I feel responsible for that. And I am learning how to not feel responsible for how other people are doing whatever they're doing unless it directly um, impacts me. Um, I think that a lot of issues that I have um, are not even my problems. They're me trying to fix other people's problems. And I'm so busy. And it's not being nosy. I just I want them to feel how I want to feel, but I don't. And I, I know that sounds weird, but I want everybody to be happy, even though I'm not. Um, because for some reason, I think that other people's happiness is more important than mine. Um, and that is just how um, I've always been. I've always wanted to make sure that, okay, as long as you eat, as long as you're smiling, as long as you're okay. I told a friend of mine the other day, on my <clears throat> on my worst days, I have made people feel like they can fly. Because in my mind, I wanted someone to do that for me. And I keep thinking that one day I'm going to turn a corner, metaphorically, and someone is going to do that for me on their worst day. That I wouldn't know how bad their day was going because they can hide it so well. I'm just good at it. I'm good, I'm good at hiding that. And on my worst days, those are the days I dress. I, I put on my best. I'm 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 going out the house looking. Listen, there's nothing you can tell me. And but on the inside, I'm dying. And before I come home, I've ministered to at least three or four people. And then I come home and I sit on the floor and I cry. And I, because I pour out so I pour out so much. And I get very little trickled back in. And it's not it's not other people's fault that I get that little bit trickled in. It's mine. Because I don't I won't allow people to pour into me fully because I don't want to take that much from a person. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? That is like it sounds insane when you say it out loud, but no, I this is one reason why I didn't take any notes. I think this is why my spirit was like, don't take any more notes, because most of the stuff that's coming out of my mouth at this point is not, is not, I'm not, I don't realize it's going, I'm going to say it that particular way. But I have vowed that, especially with my mom gone, I have vowed that I will be as brutally honest as my heart can take. Because if I said I'm by myself all the time and I don't really have that many friends, I just have a few in my circle, then how the hell is it going to hurt if I do this thing? It's going to still be the same way. It's not going to transform any in any way how many people I still let close to me. And so with that being said, um, we're going to open up for just our last comment. And then we're going to go, and then we're going to be back here next Sunday at 7 on Bobby Takes Over with your host, Bobby, which is me. And, again, if you would like to purchase um, Uppity Negro Apparel, you can go to ChevalierB.com, C-H-E-V-E-L-L-E-B, the, as in the word Bob, 
ChevalierB.com. And if Rob is on this show, I would like to personally um, and emphatically apologize because I'm just getting to put his merchandise in the mail on tomorrow. Um, it's been a long time. He just deserves the, the Medal of Honor for being so patient. But things have been really crazy in my life in the last six months. So um, I, pers- I would like to apologize to him. And I hope that people in Africa and, and Hawaii and Puerto Rico and all these other places that we have listeners are listening because I just apologize to you globally. And I can't do any better than that unless there's some extraterrestrials on the line. And if they are, because I don't speak extraterrestrial. Um, so um, that, 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 that's, that's the extent of my apology. But I will be putting it in the mail tomorrow. And, I, and there's a little gift in there, but I am so sorry. Um, you are one of the greatest guys I've ever known. And so um, before everybody else gets jealous, because Fred got a jealous streak. I don't know where he got it from. Um, we're going to what? Um, <laughs> we're going to take our last comment, and then we're going to head out, and we're going to be back in seven days, six, seven days. All right. Anyone else have any last comments? Maybe um, some um, affirmations, or maybe. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're going to um, put Miss Q on the chopping block of. Um, I didn't know she was going to call me, and she is going to tell you where you can get her book of affirmations on Amazon. Ooh. Is she still here? Q? Yes. Did she go? <laughs> Uh-oh. I still, I, still see her. I still see her on the line. Yeah, uh, maybe she had to do something else. She, but, um, she, she is actually, she had to take a call, so... Okay. Well, can you tell them, Miss Coco? Can you tell them where they can oh, get yes, her book yes. of affirmation? Thank you. Yeah. Oh well, you guys can purchase her book on Amazon. It is available for fifteen dollars right now. It also, um, the journal is also available as well. Um, it is a great book. Don't uh, don't just take my word for it. I promise you. Anybody else that's on the line that has read it or has had the opportunity to read it. I promise you it will change your life. I'm actually going to do a live review on her book um, Tuesday, so you guys can listen in if you want. Um, but, yes, she has a very great book out, and she's um, about to be done with the second one. So you guys tune in and, and wait for that. All right. Thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for um, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for being here tonight. Um, thank you, Mr. Engineer. Appreciate you. Thank you, um, my um, panelists and, and guests and all of that stuff. And we hope that um, next week's show is just as poignant and 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 um, something that you want to share with your friends um, to open up a, a group discussion. Do know that um, do note that all of us that have shows um, the um, Fred show, which is what is it? Authors, I know this. Answer, the Authors Alley. I, it just left. Um, Athens, yeah, Athens Alley. I knew that. I'm so sorry. Um, and Coco and Miss Quint with um, uh, My Life Has Destiny, and me with my with Bobby takes over. We're all available. Um, for panel discussions, we're all motivational speakers. We all will um, 
come to an event um, with a mask on and other masks to give out to your other guests because we do not want COVID. But we are all available, um, and we can do this on Zoom. So if we ever have a topic on any of these shows that you would like to talk about in a different setting among family or friends, we are open to that. Um, So I love you all. Um, It's been a great show. It's been very – it's a very hard show to get through, um, but it was it was needed, and because it was needed, it had to be done. It's, it's what we have to do. So um, we're going to get out of here. Our engineer is going to take us out with something um, smooth and mellow, and I hope that we will see you again on next Sunday at 7 o'clock on Bobby Takes Over. I'm Bobby. Hit it, Mr. Engineer. I got you, kid. I got you, kid. So – going to take you guys home with something that's going to be, well, smooth and easy, but it's also going to be something that's going to be motivating. So going to take you guys home with Fred Hammond. Lord, we love. Thank you guys for tuning in, and you guys be safe. Take care of each other, and we out. Look around and I'm found.